0: Today, I wanted to talk a bit about equipment. I I hear from a lot of people that lack of equipment or lack of the right plugins and things like that really uh, tend to slow you guys down uh, from finishing songs or being as professional as you want to be. You feel like stock plugins are not really going to do the job for you, and that if you're a professional, then every single tool you have is some high-end sort of plugin or whatever. So um, that's kind of what I wanted to get into. So what I want to hear from some of you is what tools do you think you're lacking right now uh, in order to make music? But I just want to talk about this and I want to have a conversation about this. I don't want to talk at you. I want to talk with you. That's why I like doing these uh, live because this gives me an opportunity to actually hear from people that are in the group and find out what they're passionate about and what their challenges are and, and the limitations and that sort of thing. Certainly, I've got my own little spiel, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of know what I'm going to talk about here, but... You guys really help the direction of uh, the way things go. Chris, I think you just nailed uh, one of the things that I'm gonna discuss, and that is that you, you feel the opposite. You feel like you have too much uh, in your arsenal, too many plugins, too many choices. And I'll tell you from experience, and from the experience of working with so many uh, producers, that this tends to hold people back much, much, much more than, um, than not having, or feeling like you don't have enough. It's better to have a, a few tools that you use and you know, and you know them well, instead of you know tons of tools that you don't know very well at all. Although there should there there is definitely some uh, essentials that I think you need in order to you know make quality music. So I don't I'm not trying to say that you know if all you've got is forks and spoons. I mean sure use them uh, you know make make uh, some music with whatever you have. But for the most part. You do need certain tools in order to make music, whether it be like a physical keyboard of some sort, or a plugin with synths, or internal plugins, uh, you know, with Ableton, and that sort of thing. So like I said, uh, what version of Ableton are you guys using? I'm curious how many of you are using Ableton Standard, how many of you are using Suite, how many of you are using a different DAW that's not Ableton, just to kind of find out where you guys are at. Christian, good to see you, buddy. Uh, Nine Suite, I feel I lack mastering plugins, to which I subscribe to sale plugins. Um, All right, let's talk about that. All right, let's get into that. Uh, This is important because I keep hearing this and it will not go away. Um, Mastering, all right? Mastering should not be your focus at all. Um, You definitely do not want a mastering chain on your master, on the bottom. And I'm not trying to talk down to you at all, any of you who think mastering is important. Mastering is very important, but it's not your work. Uh, your work is to make your mix the best it can possibly be without any added plugins on the master If you're adding plugins on the master what you're doing is you're basically uh, Limiting what is possible for a professional to do to, to your song for one for two you're taking away dynamics for three you are fabricating a better sound and in doing that your mixes are lazier you know, you squash everything together and all of a sudden you think it sounds good. Uh, it definitely sounds louder. It can sometimes sound more cohesive to you. But if you get uh, that song in a club, it's going to sound substandard. In fact, um, an unmastered track is going to sound better uh, in a club than if you try to master your track yourself 90% of the time. So with that, work on your mix. Work on making your track sound good without anything added afterwards. Now, you can put as many effects as you want on individual tracks to dial them in, and that's what you should be doing is working on each individual track. You shouldn't be thinking, well, I got a crappy mix, but I'll just throw an EQ over the whole thing, and it's going to fix things. It's not going to fix anything. Um, it's going to make you feel like you're fixing something, uh, but it's going to end up sounding like crap. Two is that with mastering uh you don't really need to worry about it anyway because if you're going to sign your tracks the labels uh usually have their own mastering guys and uh they don't they don't do it themselves either they hire professionals to do it that's that's what all professional musicians in all genres do is they send out their own stuff so if you were doing your own mastering right and if you had taken the years necessary to really find out the intricacies of mastering and read some books there's great books from uh, Bob Katz on mastering In my transformation station, I share some of my knowledge of mastering because I used to be a mastering guy. I don't master my own stuff, though. Never really have because um, I like to have someone else's ears on my music for the final process because I might be focused specifically on a snare that I spent you know, three days perfecting and find out that that's not the most important aspect of the song, and I'm putting too much focus on that and and not looking at the big picture. So it's really good to have... Someone who can look at it without having spent any time on the music itself, so they can look at the big picture and see what really pops out and really needs to be worked on. That wasn't what I had planned on talking about, but it's something that comes up over and over as people feel like they need mastering plugins, mastering chains. Everyone talks about all this mastering stuff. What is better is to give, get yourself like a uh, a reference track that you know sounds great in a club, and uh, bring that into your your project you know, just at the top, you know, just put it as a top track and you're gonna mute it, but you can solo it to compare your mix to that. Now, here's the thing, you don't want to compare it when the volume is all the way up because that's a mastered track and you don't want to try to push for loudness. So what I would do is I would bring that reference track down about 15 dB and try to mix to that level, all right? That way you're not trying to push things super hard and overdriving things and trying to squeeze out loudness because it's going to destroy the dynamics of your track. All right. So I just thought I would say that on mastering. Does anyone else have any questions or do you understand what I'm trying to say with mastering? Do you disagree with my opinion? And if you do, I, I'd be curious to know why you disagree. Uh, so feel free to disagree with me and we can have a further discussion on this. But I really feel like your goal is to make a great sounding mix that is prepared as a pre-master to getting uh, it done by a professional. All right. David Bryant is using Suite 10. Uh Colin, you you've got Intro. Okay, so you've got a limited amount of tracks and a limited amount of tools there. So I would probably suggest that if you're using that, you might need a couple extra tools in order to work with uh songs. You've got a limited amount of tracks to work with, but you can work within those boundaries to start at least making some demos and and getting some songs done. Although I do find for my personal style of music, I I can use anywhere from 35 to 50 different tracks, right? So I'm not going to tell you, oh, eight tracks is going to be plenty for you. It might not be. Then again, I would still practice with your limitations because there's a lot that can be done within that as well. Marcus said, I checked last time that always when I'm not getting inspired, I think I need a new synth. And you're a drummer in real life. Okay, that's awesome. And this is something I see, especially with guitar players, always when they reach a limit, they start buying new amps or guitars. You should really see what my cat's doing right now. He's got a stuffed animal that he's freaking out about. So yeah, I'm not torturing my caddies, just mix those sounds sometimes. Yeah, yeah, guitar play, I mean, I've been playing uh, guitar a lot more lately because that's my original background, so I've been working on uh, those kind of projects as well. But, and here's the thing, uh, as a guitar player, um, I I get that you're going for a certain tone or whatever, but um, what can be really helpful is just to know your sound and get, dial in that one sound and make a lot of songs with that, that one sound. Now you can always go back and, and redo things, but in order to get ideas down and done, um, that's why a lot of people like will start their songs, even electronic music, on either a piano or an acoustic guitar, because if it sounds good on one of those, then they know that the, there's some substance to the song. And my goal is that you finish as many songs as possible. If you keep feeling you need to change your sound over and over and over, then I think you're limiting how far you can go with what you have. You know what I'm saying? So as a guitar player, as an uh, electronic uh, player, for example, when I s- finally chose to like stick with like three or four different bass sounds instead of every song having to have something different and having to recreate it, having to build new kits and everything and trying to get everything to sound professional, you know, when I get a couple songs that sound professional, I tend to Recycle those sounds and, and the, the processing because I know it sounds good it's a good starter point and then I change from there that way I have a, a good jump off point you know um, so yeah working with just a few different bass sounds uh, helped me finish so much more music that I wouldn't have done if I would have Trying kept trying to focus on making new sounds because every time you you make a new sound, you have to perfect that sound. And my bass parts got better over time because I was incrementally bettering them song by song. But I was starting with kind of the same uh, sound, you know what I mean? So by the time you get to your tenth song, that bass sounds really dialed in, and then I could go back to some of the older songs and I can fix those up, you know what I mean? Which is much better than trying to perfect one song. And getting so much less done, you know, get as as good as you can, move on to the next song, because you're always going to learn something that you can use and go back to your old songs. If that makes sense, and I, I really want to get people to be good at mixing. And of course, there's a lot of different uh, aspects to mixing as well, but um, if you focus on mixing, you're going to make better music than if you focus on mastering chains and that sort of thing, right? Leave that to a professional, honestly. Uh, you can do it yourself, but your likelihood of, of making your song sound better is, is really slim, even with really professional plugins, okay? Let's see what we've got here. Chris says, when you record the track before you export, do you do it at zero dB? Uh, no, I, I like um, my track to be sitting around minus six, minus eight to minus six is like the average, and the peak, the loudest part of the whole song, should never go past minus three dB. You want to have that dynamic, so yeah, you definitely don't want to push to zero. You want to leave room for the mastering engineer to do all the pushing. Will says he use, tends to use between 10 and 20 tracks. That's great, yeah. Um for uh, a lot of music. You don't really need that much. I just kind of got in the habit. I don't know if it's a lazy thing, you know, because I s- certainly used to be able to work with less. But then again, my uh, style of music does require a certain amount of details. I could probably use less tracks, but, you know, sometimes I'll just have one little sound on a whole track, you know, in one or two places. So, you know, I could probably have collected those and put it on to one track, all these little extra incidental sounds. But um, since I have the extra tracks, so that's the way I use it. And let's see, Will says uh, usually leave a lot of headroom and then let Ableton normalize. I wouldn't let Ableton normalize either. Um, Don't use normalize, uh, especially if you're trying to make a, um, like a pre-master or something to get mastered. Now, if you're you're trying to just make a loud mix so that you can play it out and test it and that sort of thing, what I might do is uh, put a utility and followed by a limiter on the master track and just turn the utility up like five to eight dB or something like that. So, you're not changing the EQ or anything like that. And um, it's certainly not going to be something you want to do, you know, before you send something to mastering. But if you just want your track a little bit louder, um, that's what I would do. Don't add anything else. But, and then when you're going to actually make your pre master, make sure to turn those effects off. Yeah, I, I wouldn't use normalize. I just, I don't trust it that much uh, for getting the job done. I mean, it will bring everything up to zero for the most part. But, um, Yeah, I would have to play with that a little bit more, but I just don't trust it as it is right now. So I I hope that helps you. So here's the thing, guys. I just want to know how many of you kind of have this attitude or feeling like you're missing something with your music and you think that what is going to fill that gap is another uh, piece of equipment, another uh, plugin or or, uh, an effect or something that's going to take your songs to the next level uh, and fill in that gap that you feel is missing. So here's the thing, the truth really is that For the most part, buying extra tools is something, you're you're looking outside yourself for something to fix your music. In In other words, instead of fixing yourself and fixing your process and fixing your own abilities and capabilities and your own creativity, you're looking to tools to allow you to make better music without making yourself better. Does that make sense? You think a piece of equipment will make you better and it makes you, it ends up making you lazier because you now are giving a plug-in the responsibility to make you sound better in store instead of bettering your own abilities. All right. So this is the big problem and it's, it's probably an unconscious thing. Consciously, no one's thinking, Oh yeah, well, this plugin is going to, uh, alone make me a better, uh, music producer. However, somewhere underlying you know, beneath it all, this is the reason that you're getting more equipment. Is because on some level, you're too lazy to improve yourself and your own creativity, so you want a tool to do the work for you. That's just the truth. And if you keep giving yourself these new tools, they're gonna satisfy you for a few days, maybe a week or something, but you might not ever use them in a song because what you're gonna do is you're gonna move yourself from actually trying to make better music to just putting your music off so that you can learn this new tool you're, you're gonna somehow tell yourself that you need to stop the music making in order to learn this new tool that you just got and you'll spend a couple weeks maybe learning it and playing with it and you might get bored of it before you even uh, use it in a song right and then what happens well then you you feel like well maybe that wasn't the right tool to fix my problem so I better get a different tool clearly that one wasn't the one right so um Does any of that make sense? You know, I'm not trying to call you guys out. I'm trying to help you improve yourselves and be the best that you can be. And you can't be the best that you can be if you hide behind your tools, right? There's certain tools that are gonna be important, obviously. You need tools that make sound, clearly. So you need, you know, a couple synth tools. And different kinds of synths will be capable of giving you different kinds of sounds. Clearly, having tools and a couple different tools gives you certain options. Problem is that you don't realize how flexible one tool can actually be because you're not diving deep enough into it. You know, uh, a lot of times people will just go through the presets and go, "Ah, oh, this synth is crap," and not ever dive into what it is absolutely capable of if you put a little creativity into it. The tools that you need, uh, if you've got Ableton Suite, you have all the tools that you need. You, you really do. There's tons of shit in there, and if you go into Max for Live, tools and synths and all that sort of stuff, you got even more. And you don't need all of them and you shouldn't need all of them. You should pick like two or three things that are going to be your main tools and really learn those and start making music right away. There's no problem with you eventually finding like, oh, I like this compressor, the sound of it a little better than the one inside of Ableton. Fine. But if you're not finishing music with, with what you already have, then all you're doing is you're putting something else, another roadblock in the way between you and finishing songs. Because you, now you've got another tool to, to learn. Okay, so uh, great, I won't get other tools. What I'm going to do instead is I'm going to get a push 2. I'm going to get a push uh, because that's going to make my music better. How is that any different? You're still going to need to learn a new tool. You're still not finishing songs. I have a, a push too. Uh, I probably only use about 10 or 15% of what it's capable of. Why? Because I'm focused on finishing songs and only using it for the absolute things that make my life a little bit easier. And I don't need it for all the other stuff. Originally, I liked the idea of using it because I thought, ah, hands-on, it's gonna be really cool to use. It's gonna feel cooler. But you know what? It's slower. It slows me down. If I try to use one tool for everything when I could just use my mouse and a keyboard. That's super fast. Most of music making is still cut, copy, paste, duplicate, delete, right? So why are you complicating it, okay? What you really need to do instead of getting new equipment is uh, you need to improve your listening skills. If you can hear things in other songs and understand the components and the building blocks, because oftentimes one sound is a collection of sounds, usually something in the low frequency, something in the mid frequency, something in the upper frequency. Sometimes it's one sound, but if you're trying to emulate it, it's much easier to emulate one frequency at a time and then layer those things together. Uh, just something to think about, right? Um, and yeah, uh, Chris said you use Serum. There's nothing wrong with Serum or Massive or any of those things. But those of you that don't have that tool, if you think that that's what you need in order to make music and you can't make it with operator or uh, analog or uh, the the wave table uh, synth or any of those, you're being a little bit lazy. Finish songs with that first, all right? Prove to yourself that you can actually finish songs with what you have because otherwise all you're doing is you're pushing off the habit of finishing songs. And once again, you're putting the responsibility of your own creativity on a piece of equipment instead of on, onto yourself. Improve yourself. First and foremost always improve yourself and then the tools will be more useful all right Fred says one thing I will say is unsubscribe to all plug-in emails you get then it then you're not tempted uh, yeah yeah that's you want you really want to simplify what you're doing here you are the most essential creative component to your music making and that's really the message that I'm trying to get across to you guys no tool is going to fix that you know probably some of your favorite bands you know Maybe not right now, but bands from 20 or more years ago—they didn't have any of the equipment that's available now—and they still made great music. So how did they do that? How did they do that without Massive? How did they do that without Serum? How did they do that without Ableton? How did they do that without you know unlimited tracks? How did they do that? It's because they, for the most part, if, you, if we look at like bands, they've got their couple guitars, couple amps, you know, a, a few choices, but not too many, and they learn how to dial their sound into perfection and then they use it to write great songs. You know, a bass player often uses the same bass for most of their songs. A drummer often uses the same kit for most of their songs. So why are electronic artists feeling this pressure to make every song fully different instrumentals, fully different instruments? You're gonna have a really difficult time getting a recognizable sound, that is you, if you keep trying to change your sound constantly. So just some other stuff to think about. Now, there are certain uh, essential plugins um, and the, the plugins that come standard with your DAWs are perfectly fine, you just need to learn them. If you learn them, they're, they're gonna be perfectly fine for you. And once again, you might find other plugins or synths that you like a little bit better, that's fine. Uh, but use them and stop you know, at some point. But the essentials are you know that you're gonna use in pretty much every song, you're gonna use a compressor, you're gonna use EQ, you're gonna use reverb, and you're most likely gonna use delay as well. Those are the four essentials, right? Those four you can, alone, you can make great music with. And you know, all through the ages, those have been four essential effects that are always used, okay? Um, so those are the ones that I urge you to learn. Not to figure out, don't go to forums and figure out who thinks what is the best. Use what you got and get really good at understanding how they work. If you understand how your plugins that come standard with your dog work, you're gonna get 10 times more out of them than people that keep on, you know, buying new compressors and this and that and keep going to forums and all that stuff because they're getting new tools hoping that the tool will just freaking work. Well, you you need to know how it works uh, in order to get anything out of it. So once again, use the tools you have and then make music, period. And then when you think about something that you want to add, know specifically what you want before you look for the tool. That is probably the most important thing. That way you're not just being sold new ideas and new stuff. You're constantly only getting the things that you feel are going to improve what you're doing. For example, I'm not a huge fan of Ableton's uh, chorus and flanger effects. So for me, if I want that sound, I'm probably going to go outside of the of the internal effects. I mean, they'll do the job, but for some of the things that I want, I'll probably go outside of that. But at least I know specifically why I'm going after a certain plugin instead of just, once again, subscribing to all, all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, otherwise you're just going to get tools you don't need, tools that you won't use and that sort of thing. I do like the idea of getting a new tool and not knowing how to use it and spending a couple days just recording hours and hours of just experimentation that you can take and cut up those sounds, to pull out the cool pieces. And then you got tons of like your own sample library of interesting sounds. I think that's really fun. But I think once again, I think you can do that with your internal synths as well. So once again, if you're not finishing songs, then that should be your focus. The goal is. You know, I want to help tens of thousands of producers finish songs, release songs, have songs they are proud of, not plugins that they are proud of, not studios that they are proud of, not speaker monitors that they're proud of, songs, finished songs that are released that people want to listen to and buy. That's my goal, is to have thousands and thousands of producers that are finishing songs, and I'm hoping that I'm able to inspire that and really kick you in the ass and and get you moving on your music instead of your equipment, all right? Pietro says, do you play, record rock? Um, I do have some rock projects. I'm primarily known now for electronic music, but um, I started um, on guitar, um, started in kind of like alternative rock or indie uh, style music. So... I do both now you know I'll, I'll record rock I produced um, some albums from a uh, different rock bands and industrial bands and new-age bands and hip-hop bands all kinds of stuff so uh, but more so now I tend to do more producing than recording I'm not like a recording engineer um, I engineer my own music and record it but I don't really bring in bands to record typically a band will record uh, at a different studio and then send me the stems uh, to mix and produce so yeah um, I hope already that you guys have gotten something out of this. That's always my goal here. I want to build this community. I want to give more value than, um, you know, more free value to you guys than any other place out there and more valuable tools. I don't just want to get on and teach you guys uh, techniques and and stuff that you might not put to use. I really want to tap into your brain and uh, figure out how you are using that, which is the most important thing. So with that, guys, I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your afternoon and uh, wherever you're at. Take care and I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Hey guys, thanks again for listening to the podcast. Make sure to subscribe and share this with your friends, any producers that you know out there that could use this sort of information. Obviously that helps me greatly and helps me build this channel. Also, don't forget that you can read my best selling book, The Mental Game of Electronic Music Production for free by going to musicsoftwaretraining.com forward slash The Mental Game. You'll also get my song recovery kit and my 101 Ableton Tips video totally free. If you'd like to connect with me more directly to see how I might be able to help you personally, you can schedule a free 15-minute session with me by going to musicsoftwaretraining.com forward slash application and answering a few quick questions. Happy music making, and I'll speak to you real soon.